Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. We're launching into a new series. Um, we just got done casting vision. And man, I, I have heard so much from so many of you that... Um, receive so much vision yourselves. And that's the goal. It's not just to communicate the vision of Anchor Faith Church and the vision of, of this work and this ministry. It's, it's, it's to stir up how you can gain vision, regain vision in your lives, execute that vision, see the vision come to pass in your life. Each one of you has vision, has a picture, has an image of what God wants to do in your lives. And so we just came out of that series and uh, it, was, it was so powerful for so many of you. It was powerful for myself, uh, for my wife and I. Um, just so many things that we could see we could apply personally, but also, of course, in line of uh, the ministry and the church and just so thankful that he's leading us out with vision. But in Isaiah chapter 54 and verse one in the New King James, it says this, seeing, O barren, you who have not born, Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. You know, it, it's, it's interesting, you know, as we, we come through this vision series, and I'll probably do it this way from, from now on because I typically have done in the past our vision series around the month of August. And then we, we do our stretch series, which is what we're gonna kick off this month. But I have found, I'm finding that it's very intentional that they're connected because what we're gonna talk about through the series this series on stretch is believing for the big things. And what happens many times is God can show you a glimpse, can show you a vision, can show you by his spirit what it's gonna look like, what he intends for you. But what I have found is many people struggle to step out into that vision and see it come to pass because of what we just read. You have been conditioned in barrenness. You have allowed seasons of tightness to condition you. You have allowed the pressures of life to give you a small glimpse that you either cannot see big, dream big, think big, or are even fearful to get big with God. And so we are, we, we settle for a life that thinks that God can only do the small things. We settle for a life that I would call surviving. 
And I just heard someone say it this past week in a conference we attended that he got challenged by God saying that you have uh, uh, done well at using your faith to survive, but I want you to use your faith to thrive, to flourish, to expand, to grow, to get beyond. And I don't want to make small of anything you've encountered in life. I don't wanna make small of any experience you've been through or that any challenge maybe you're currently facing. You know, we just had storms come through here. And, and they leave behind devastation. They leave behind turmoil. Some of you in our own church family are still battling and dealing with the effects of that. Still feeling that on a daily basis. Maybe in your home, maybe in your finances, maybe you were out of work, maybe you've had to put finance somewhere where you were expecting to use it here or didn't need to, weren't even expecting that issue and insurance isn't doing their part and, and you maybe you still got trees down. Maybe you still got challenges you're facing. And that's just a picture, that's just, that's just one marker. Many of you face challenges, we all face the challenges, but what happens is, is uh, and we learned this this past week as well, we conform to the most recent pressure that was applied. We conform to the most recent challenge that we faced. And so the challenge puts us in a posture where it's hard to believe. We, 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 the, we, we face the challenges and the experiences and the negative encounters of life that make it difficult to believe again, hope again, see again. And, and you're like, Pastor Mark, I'm just trying to take one step at a time here. I'm just trying to go day by day. And that's great in the, in the practicality side of things, but you're going day by day in the wrong direction. And you can take one step at a time and make it sound virtuous, just one step at a time. But one step at a time in the wrong direction is gonna lead you where you do not want to be. One step in the right direction, one step at a time, one day at a time only works if you have the vision in front of you. It only works that way. And so, yeah, if we break it down to just the, the small incremental steps you're making, it's like, yeah, you're plugging along, man. You're doing great. You're, you're, pushing, you're pushing forward. You're advancing. You're growing. But the question is, where are you advancing? Where are those steps that you're taking leading you? Because are you taking a step in fear? Are you taking a step or are you taking a step in faith? Are you taking a step hoping and not like biblical hope? Because biblical hope, the Bible tells us in Hebrews, is like an anchor. Worldly hope is up in the clouds. Let's see what happens. Bible hope is it will come to pass. Bible hope is someone that says, I put the check in the mail. And so you check the mail with what? Expectation believing that the check will be there. Nope, not today. But does that waver your faith? Just hadn't got there yet. But world hope is like, 
guess they're, I guess they lied to me. I guess there's some reason why it's not going to come. Is the whole world's against me? I guess I guess I'm never going to see that. You know, I'm just it's just me and myself. Can't trust anybody. That's what world hope does. And many of us have begun to give up on God using world hopes, world's version of hope rather than his version of hope. Keeping hope is an anchor for the soul. It remains constant. It stabilizes you. It keeps you in the same place. You're grounded. You're not up one day, down the next. You're not wavering all over the place, to and fro, believing this. And and, and many of us have just merely conformed to the last pressure that was applied in our lives. And And your face tells us, your attitude tells us, come on. We all get there. The pressures of life wear on us so much that we have forgotten what God said. So you you can minister on vision. It's like, yeah, God's got a great vision for my life. God's got a big picture. I'm I'm gonna need to put my imagination out there because what does Ephesians chapter three uh, tell us? Ephesians chapter three uh, in verse 20 says, he wants to do what? We got that verse? To him who is able to do above and beyond. The new King James says exceedingly abundantly. That's not survival mode, guys. It doesn't say now to him who is barely able to meet the supply. Doesn't say now to him who will do just enough to get you by. It says above and beyond. I need some above and beyond in my life. You need some above and beyond in your life. And and, and we've actually made a a Christian theology that God wants us living underneath, that God wants us barely making it by, that God wants us striving every day just to produce the bare minimum. And that's virtuous because I'm a servant of the Lord. I'm a slave unto Christ. I, I, I'm a, as long as I'm going to heaven one day, I don't need a lot. And you've allowed that thinking. It's a, it's a poverty mindset. You've allowed small thinking to overtake and run your life. And yet his word says that he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above what? above all that you can ask or think, which means you set the, you set the bar. And so he's like, I want you to think big and then I'm gonna exceed that. I want you to go big with this thing. And so when we talk about stretch, we're talking about expansion. We're talking about thinking big. We're talking about getting beyond. But years of barrenness and years of desolation and years of of struggle and trial and moment after moment after moment and challenge after challenge, man, it wears. And and Isaiah the prophet is speaking to the people of Israel that have, have already been taken away as slaves and are now coming back into their territory. This is the same book where God says, for I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. He's telling this to a people that have only experienced slavery. He's telling this to a people that had and have now lost a great deal. He's telling this to a people that have now returned back home to their place, but it's in ruins. And Nehemiah has to come along and rebuild those city walls. 
He's talking to a people that didn't just, you know, get blessed with a promotion at work. He's not talking to a group of people that, that are just living victorious on every front. He's saying, you, are, you have been conditioned by barrenness to think small. You've been conditioned by, by barrenness to just merely survive. Thank God for the small things. At least he's, at least he's, at least he's. And we lose sight of how big God is. And we lose sight of how big he wants us to live. And we lose sight of how big he wants to move in your life. And we lose sight of the great majesty of our king. This is not just about money. This is not about finance. This is not about stuff. This is about believing that you can walk in the things that God has called you to. If we spend a month on vision, you gotta spend a month talking about how do we stretch ourselves to come up to where God is. His ways are higher than his ways. His thoughts are higher, but come up. Elevate your thinking. Elevate your life to the level that he wants you to live at. To the one who is able to do above and beyond exceedingly abundantly above all all that we can ask or think. So back to Isaiah 54, you who have not born, it's been a long time for some of us since we've given birth to something, since we've produced something since we have brought life to something. That's what he's speaking to. It's not just talking about natural birth. He's talking about what have you been impregnated with that set an expectation for something and now you birth that into existence. But barrenness is the complete opposite. Barrenness is lacking fruit. Barrenness is the inability to get pregnant. Barrenness is the inability to uh, uh, replicate, to reproduce, to carry a child and birth a child. It's barrenness. And that the, he's saying, you've been conditioned by this barrenness. It's, it's been so long since the last time you gave birth to something. It's been so long since you've seen a promise come to pass. It's been so long since you've seen breakthrough in your life. It's been so long since you've stood on my word and seen it fulfilled in your life. Barrenness. You who have not born. He says to what? Break forth into singing and cry aloud. That's what we just did. You who have not labored. If your praise is waiting on your pregnancy, uh-oh, you're late, you're behind. No, you cry aloud now before you become pregnant with the thing, before you get that thing inside of you, before that, that thing, that, I mean, anybody can praise when they become pregnant. Anybody can praise when they bring life to something. Anybody can praise when it actually happens, but can you praise before it shows up? Can you praise before it looks possible? Can you praise before the money's in the account? Can you praise before they turn their heart toward you? Can you praise before your kids come back to Jesus? Can you praise before? We shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph before we even go into battle. Cry aloud. 
you who have not labored with child. And he says, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman. And then verse two, which is the key verse. And I've never done this before. I've done this series now for at least seven or eight years, and I've never done verse one. He's taken us in a different direction this year. Verse two says, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch. Everyone say stretch. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. The prophetic word comes on the back end of recognizing I've lived in barrenness. I've lived in a wasteland. I've lived in lack. I've allowed my life to be reduced to the level of my experience rather than increased to the level of my expectation. I'll say that again. You've allowed your life to be reduced to the level of your experience rather than increased to the level of your expectation. There's nothing, you know, you you think the enemy would be fine with just robbing you in the moment. And he says, nope, I'm not done. I took that from them. I crippled them there. But now I want to compromise their ability to ever believe again. It's not good enough that I just took from them in that moment. It's not good enough that I just stole from them in that season. It's not good enough that, that, that I brought death in that scenario. I'm gonna allow them to replay that so much over and over and over in their mind and present such a fear in their life that they'll never believe God for something big again. That's what it means to steal, kill, and destroy. Now we're talking about the effects of loss, not just the loss itself. Now we're talking about how the moment of loss that you experienced and incurred in your life, how you are playing that moment and playing that loss and, 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 and how it's now affecting your future life from that moment on. Now we're talking about how do we respond to that? And before I can talk to you about big faith, before I can talk to you about uh, generosity, before I can talk to you about believing God and, and, and getting your imagination, raising it to the level of what God can do, we've got to address the barren season. We've got to address the seasons of dryness and the seasons of, of, that were desolate and where something was taken away. And you're thinking, I'm never going to try that again. I'm never going to step out and believe again. I'm never going to think that way again. I'm not going to allow because disappointment is the result of unmet expectation. 
Disappointment is the result of unmet expectation. I expect it. I didn't give birth to it. I was disappointed. And now you can be led by the despair of the loss rather than the belief that God can do it. Rather than the belief that there's still a big vision. Rather than to believe it's much easier and simpler on my soul and on my mind and on my emotions and on my well-being in life that I just don't believe, that I just don't live by faith, that I just don't uh, allow myself. I'll, I'll rather live with small faith than big faith. And eventually if you live with, if you accept a life of small faith, you'll eventually be living a life of no faith. Because all faith will seem trying. All faith will seem difficult. All faith will seem to just simply set you up for failure. All of us have been in these seasons. And we don't know it on Sunday mornings. You are more aware of it in isolation. You're more aware of it by yourself. You're more aware of it, the, those thoughts, those feelings, those, those, the, the, the tugs at your heart. The, and, and, and you're just in such attention. I'm just, I feel like I'm just speaking even prophetically right now. You're just in such attention. I want to believe. I know what his word says. I want to see it fulfilled. But this is what happened last time. And you've conformed to the most recent pressure applied. That's what that word conform means. We just learned that this past weekend. Individual said, if I took one of those soft, foamy Nerf footballs and I squeezed it, as long as I'm holding that pressure and applying that pressure, it's gonna take on the shape of whatever pressure has been applied to it. And some of us are holding the form from the last challenge we faced. Your heart is holding it. Your mindset's holding it. And we want to get free from that. We want to get free. In the New Living Translation, This may be as far as we get today, and that's all right. I believe it's blessing somebody. In the New Living Translation, verse 2 says, Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, and spare no expense. For you you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. And again, he's not telling this to a people that are on the up and up. He's telling this to them in the middle as they're looking at the physical ruins in the town and city they once called home. The Amplified reads in verse one, seeing, O barren one, You who did not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who did not travail with child. 
For the spiritual children of the desolate one will be more than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for you will spread abroad to the right hand and to the left and your offspring will possess the nations. Last one I want to give you is in the message in verse one, sing barren woman who has never had a baby. Fill the air with song. You who've never experienced childbirth. You're ending up with far more children than all those childbearing women. God says so. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. He says, think big. Because the first thing that gets compromised in challenge and the first thing that gets addressed in victory is your mindset. It's your mindset. The first thing that gets compromised in the face of challenge is your thinking. Will it happen? Can it happen? All the questions rise up. All the thoughts, all the fears of future failure, all the disappointment. It affects your thinking. And you begin to think small. You begin to think and you begin to shape in your mind a box that God can move in that still looks virtuous and still looks righteous and still looks like I'm pushing on, even though you know on the inside there is so much more he's trying to release in and through your life. There's still so much more he's trying to do. There's still so much more you have yet to tap into. But your mind says what happened last time. And this is why we need the renewed, the renewed mind. Romans chapter 12 tells us that we are to renew our minds. Verse two says, do not be conformed, there it is, to this age, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. The first thing that God has to work on when you are trying to come out of barrenness and begin to posture yourself to see the things that God wants to produce in your life and the things that he wants to do through your life, the first thing you have to address is your thinking. Because the, the mind can either set the expectation or the limitation. The mind can either set, this is what I know he can do, or it can set, this is what I think he can do. This is what it looks like. This is what it sounds like. And your mind, again, is always gonna hold the shape. It's gonna hold the last thought. It's gonna hold until it's renewed. It's the renewed mind that can imagine with big faith. It's the renewed mind that can believe. Again, you believe in your heart, but it's the mind that's got to get, you've got to trigger that thing in the opposite direction because your life always goes in the direction of your thoughts.
you've got to start thinking big. You've got to overcome that fear. You've got to overcome that disappointment. You've got to overcome what happened last time. How do you overcome it? He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, how do we renew our mind? To the word of God. Then you will discern what is good, pleasing, and the perfect will of God. The will of God is found in the word of God. I watch people that are trying to renew their minds, but the word is not involved. Scripture's not involved. They want somebody else's testimony. They want somebody else's experience. They want somebody else's word. They want a prophetic word. They want everything but the word of God. You've got to go to the word and say, now I'm standing on your promises. I'm standing on your word. It is the only solid rock. It is the only thing that will produce the moment the seed goes in the ground. It is the only thing that will eventually stand when everything else has fallen. It's your word that remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it's just a simple question that I'll ask them. Okay, I'm renewing my mind. Okay, what scripture are you standing on? And I'll go even further. Not even can you quote it, can you find it? Because I can quote it just from hearing it some, from someone else. I can find it when I know where it is, when I've been there myself. Not a word that grandma gave me, not a word that my parents stood on, not a word that I saw on a bumper sticker, not a scripture that I saw on a refrigerator magnet. I'm talking about a word that is in your heart, sown deep in here. And that's gonna require you to open this thing up and you're gonna see it and you're gonna meditate on it and you're gonna chew on it and you're gonna highlight it and you're gonna under, and you're gonna stand on that word as if it's the very thing giving you life. Otherwise, you're not working to renew your mind. And an unrenewed mind can't think big. An unrenewed mind is not surrendered to the ways of God. An unrenewed mind doesn't have the capacity. That's what stretch is about. Stretch is increasing capacity. He says, stretch out those tents, man. You have been conditioned by barrenness and you've got this tiny little confines that you're dwelling in and you're just, oh, you're just, happy. You're just content. You've settled for just filling this little space. He's like, man, I want you to go to your left and I want you to go to your right. I want you to go to your north. I want you to go to your south. You're going to inhabit cities you're not even in control of today. You've got to think big. You're thinking in this little box and I want you to stretch that thing out. But barrenness says, pull up that tent peg and drop it right here. I'm going to pull up this tent peg because this looks way too big. I'm gonna put it right here. I'm gonna grab that one and bring it here. And I'm gonna grab, and I'm gonna live right here in my tiny little space. Stretch out the curtains. He's saying, paint the walls, man. Put the crib together. Get the furniture in there. Get the, get the baby clothes and get, I mean, you ever seen a pregnant woman? What do we call them? What do you call a, a woman that is pregnant with child? You say she is expecting. It's the very word that we put on it. Expecting. Faith is a confident expectation. A confident expectation. 
And man, they're confident about it. They got their target registry. Come on. They're, they're looking through baby name books. Expecting. And I know this will hit home for some folks in our church and in, in, in our congregation. It's barrenness. It's the complete opposite. We've been there. It's the lack of bearing. It's the lack of life. You don't want to hear nothing about registries. You don't want to put furniture together. And you don't want to look at bigger houses because you need more space. And, and you don't want to take the tent peg and drive it out because I don't need that much room. I'm fine right here. This is all I need. I have been conditioned by the lack of. And you start slowly drawing things in. I'm going to go there, but I'm not going to go there. You know where it is, John chapter 11. It's the story of Lazarus. Story of Lazarus. Worship team, can you come? I got to get through this quick. Just a pad, that's all I need, just a pad. Lazarus, your friend, the one whom you love, is at the point of death. And Jesus waits. He tarries. He tarries. Why would you? This is urgent matter, Jesus. This is an urgent moment. We don't, you don't have time to hang around. He's at the point of death. In, in, in 2023, talk, that's ICU, that's critical care, that's, we, we've done all that we can, that's, as we've given up home, that's bring in hospice, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's the point of death. We're, we're, we're preparing for transition unless you come in and demonstrate and do a miracle in this moment. Jesus shows up. He's already died. And, 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 and Martha even makes this statement, man. She says in verse 32, she says, Mary, Mary, when came, when she saw Jesus, she fell down and seat. Lord, if you had been here, if you had been here, pick up the tent peg. Put it right here. Bring this one in. I believed as long, as long as he was alive, you could come heal him. We sent word to you before he died. We sent word to you he was at the point of death. And if you can make it here before he dies, I believe you can heal him. You know, the same thing happened with Jairus and his daughter. My daughter's at the point of death. Come quickly. And he gets delayed by a woman with the issue of blood. And on the 
the heels of that miracle with the woman with the issue of blood, on the heels of that miracle, word gets sent to Jairus, don't bother the master any longer. Pick up the tent peg. Bring it in. Pick up the tent peg. Bring it in. If you would have made it, you wouldn't have died. If you would have been here before he died, disappointment, barrenness, despair, loss, challenge, whatever you want to call it. Some of us have been picking up pet pegs, tent pegs, and we've been bringing them back in. We've been withdrawing. Fearful to put our faith out that big. I mean, it took a lot just to believe in that level of faith. The Lord's ministering to some people. We've all done it. We've all picked up tent pegs. The word says it should be out there and we've taken and we've brought it in here. Verse 33 says, when Jesus saw her weeping, the Jews came with her weeping. He groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Now I've heard plenty of ministers, but they had the shortest verse in the Bible found in this chapter. Jesus wept. Was he weeping at the loss of his friend? saying it's not possible but he's troubled with something else he's got a deeper groaning in him than the loss of Lazarus and I've heard all the sermons of he loved his friend he showed compassion he experienced distress in his life just like you and I experienced distress his soul was anguished I've, I've heard it all But there was something that was more troubling to Jesus in this moment. Something that was more on his mind than just the fact that my friend is dead. Because he made a statement all the way at the back, all the way at the beginning in John chapter 11, in verse four, this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. He set the expectation from the beginning. He said, this is where the tent peg is. And you've withdrawn it and you've placed it out here. You've brought it in. If you had been here, 
you wouldn't have died. If we would have made it in time and you weren't stopped by the one with the issue of blood, she would still be alive today. And his response to Jairus was, do not be afraid, only, say it loud, only, say it louder, say only, faith, believe. He was more troubled. He was more groaning and and anguish within at the lack of belief that I can. Do you know what I'm capable of? Do you know what I can do? Jairus, do you know? I didn't just follow you on this journey. Because in hopes that we would get there while she was alive, I fought. when we get there, you'll see. Do not be afraid, only believe. He responds here in John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Further on down in verse 39, Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench for he has been been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say? Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? See, what happens is, is you think your experience has changed my expectations. You think that my word bows at your experience. No, your experience bows to my word. What I can do is not limited by what you've been through. What I'm capable of does not bow to the most recent pressure and challenge you faced. What I can demonstrate in your life. And so it's a moment of renewing the mind. Listen to me, it's a moment of renewing the mind. Do not be afraid, only believe, mind renewal. He said, resurrection, I am the resurrection. Resurrection is not an event, it's a person and it's standing right in front of you. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me surely will not die, they will live. So they roll the stone away. He says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I say this. I said this, that they may, here it is, believe that you sent me. Jesus was using this moment as a stretch moment. He was using this moment 
as an ability to stretch and believe bigger than you've ever believed before. He's saying, you have taken the, 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 the tent pegs and you set it out here. And you said, if you can get here before he dies, you'll heal him. He dies. You pulled that thing up and you withdrew it to even a tighter space and even tighter confines. That my faith is going to be in this realm and only this realm. He raises Lazarus after four days so that the people will believe in him because he's getting ready to go to the cross in six months and he's going to be dead for three. So Jesus says, I need you to take that tent peg up and I need you to stretch it out farther. Stretch out your tents, make room, get ready, believe big, think big, Imagine big, because if you can believe that I can raise Lazarus in four days, you can surely believe I can come up out of the grave in three days. Stretch your faith, stretch your thinking, stretch your imagination. Think in line with what God wants you to think, because he says, I will do exceedingly abundantly what you can think. I will do above and beyond what you say. I'll do above and beyond what you imagine I can do. I am not a limited God. I'm not a small God. He's saying stretch. Stand up with me real quick, real quick. Stretch, 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 stretch it out. Come on, don't be conditioned to barrenness. Don't be conditioned by the last pressure. Come on, some of you need to grab a hold of this word. You're in a challenge right now and it's got its hold on you. It's got its squeeze on you and you have been conformed to that. No, transform. Conforming is from the outside in. Transforming is from the inside out. Allow the word of God to refresh you, to renew your thinking, to renew your mind. Say, Father, I want to think big again. I want to believe big again. I want to see big again. Give me that imagination when I thought you could do it all. Give me that thinking when I knew you could move on my behalf. Give me that, that steadfastness and that boldness to believe that you will do what we have never seen before. Come on, if that's you, just cry out right now. Just cry out right now. I will not be moved by what I see. I will not be moved by how I feel. I will not allow the last pressure to conform me and restrain me and limit me and box me in and control me. I expand beyond. I'm picking up the tent pegs. I'm drawing them out. I'm stretching out the curtains. I'm pursuing the things you have called me to. Ah. Stretch it out, 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 stretch it out. Come on, believe big, think big, imagine again, hope again, hope against hope. Believe, 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 believe that these things, these things were done so that you might believe, so that you would believe, so that you would pick up that tent peg and you would stretch it out as far as you can get it. Hallelujah. Mm. 
feel the spirit of God on that thing. I'm going to do it. If that's you and you have been through a challenge or a crisis, I need my, my team again. I need my prayer team. If that's you, we're just going to take a moment. We're going to minister to you. This time that challenge and that stronghold breaks its hold off of your life. Today's the last day you conform. Come on, if that's you, whatever you've been through, we're here to stand with you. We're here to pray with you. Together, we will break this thing off. Together, together. Come on, not another day. Renew your mind today. Be refreshed in the mind, in the mind. Be refreshed in the spirit. Believe again. These things were done so you might believe. These things were done so you might imagine again. These things were done for the glory of the Lord. Believe again. Believe again. He hasn't given up. He hasn't quit. Believe again. Believe again. Hey, that word, that word you receive is greater than the moment you experience. I said the word you receive is greater than the moment you experience. Get the word on the matter. Get the word on the matter. Get the word on the matter. Come on, we break that thing off in the name of Jesus. We break that stronghold in the name of Jesus. It's a lack mindset. It's a barren mindset. It's a lost mindset. Break that thing off today in the name of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strongholds are being loose. The anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, just stretch your hands toward these folks up here. They're getting delivered this morning. They're getting set free this morning. We break every yoke of bondage in the name of Jesus. I declare the word will no longer bow to their circumstance. I declare this morning the word, the word, the word, the word will be their new foundation. Their word will set the bar. The word will set the standard. Yeah, yeah. Let the word take hold. Let the word take hold. Devil, you have to let them go. We rebuke your work. We rebuke your strongholds in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We're not living in a barren wasteland anymore. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.